Hey, Insiders, and welcome back to another episode of the Insider Series. My name is Jasmine, and I'm your host, but today we're going to do things just a little differently so we can bring you the best information you need. My colleague, who's also on the line, Byron McGreen, will be hosting today and will be taking you through the depths of a new technology, Wi-Fi 6E. So sit back, plug your headphones in, and enjoy the ride. Byron, I'll hand things off to you. Hey, thanks, Jasmine, and hello, Insiders. How is everyone doing today? Uh, my name is Byron McGrain, and I'm a product marketing manager in the wireless team here at Cisco. Welcome to the Insiders series for network podcasts, and today we're going to plumb the depths of Wi-Fi 6E. What this technology, and notice I didn't say standard, is all about and what you need to do to make sure that your network is ready. Let's see who are our speakers today. Nick, I'll introduce you first. And while you're at it, give us a fun fact about yourself. Sure thing. Thank you, Byron. Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Nicholas Viatecki. I'm a product manager here in the uh, the wireless group. Uh, jokingly, I say that I own APs and we build them up from scratch. But apart from that, I also own a bunch of other technologies. Um, for those of, of you, I used to be an SE out there kind of doing consultative selling and have a background wireless. Um, and fun fact, I would say, even though I do have a weird surname, it's Sviatecki, which is Polish, I do not speak a single word of Polish. <laughs> that is cool. So also joining us today is David. And so David, tell us a bit about yourself. And just like Nick, give us a fun fact. Uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, my name is David Wolf. I'm a wireless uh, product manager along with Nicholas. Um, been around Cisco for about 15 years now, so long history of working with access points. Um, my fun fact is that uh, I'm a big fan of uh, American-style football. So at the pro level, the Dallas Cowboys is my team. And in the college ranks, a uh, big fan of my alma mater, uh, Notre Dame. Awesome. Guys, thanks. And you know what? That was fun. Um, in this episode, we're going to spend um, some time getting to, to understand the most recent addition to the Wi-Fi 6 world, and that's Wi-Fi 6E. Here's what you probably already know. Wi-Fi 6E technology extends Wi-Fi 6 into the 6 gigahertz spectrum and brings faster speeds, lower latency, and provides more security to the network. As apps become more increasingly vital to the, to the network, clients need unencumbered access to them. Wi-Fi 6E provides that direct access. But let's get into the real nitty-gritty of this um, of this expansion. Here are some topics that we're going to touch on. What makes Wi-Fi 6 worthwhile? Do I need to upgrade my network to take advantage of Wi-Fi 6E? If so, what do I have to do? And what are some um, some great use cases for the technology? So, uh, question one, gentlemen, let's start at the beginning. What is Wi-Fi 6E all about? David, you're in the leadoff spot, so why don't, you, why don't you hit us with some uh, cool information? Thanks, Byron. Um, yeah, sure. So like you mentioned, Wi-Fi 6E is basically Wi-Fi 6, as the name implies, with the E meaning expansion or extension. Uh, so what, what, the, what we're doing here is we're extending the spectrum that Wi-Fi has to operate into the 6 gigahertz band. Traditionally, Wi-Fi has operated in the 2.4 and 5 uh, gigahertz bands. So uh, combined, it's about 580 uh, megahertz of spectrum that uh, is available for channels in Wi-Fi. With Wi-Fi 6E, um, this is being opened up in different uh, uh, 
domains, uh, regulatory domains like the US and Etsy for up to 1200 megahertz. So more than doubling the amount of spectrum we have for Wi-Fi channels to operate in. Um, what this allows is, you know, obviously greater spectrum gives us greater um, number of channels to use. So more APs not having to use the same channels. Um, in the US, that 1200 megahertz is from 5925 megahertz to 7125 megahertz. And in Etsy or EU, uh, they're looking at the first 500 megahertz. So even though it's not 1200 megahertz, it is still doubling the amount of spectrum uh, for, for Wi Fi. Um, another beautiful uh, aspect of Wi-Fi 6E is that since it's all new spectrum, it's all new devices, and so all the devices will be uh, 802.11ax or Wi-Fi 6 uh, protocol. No need to support legacy devices that are running 11G or 11B, uh, slow data rates there. So think of it as an express lane for Wi-Fi. Everybody driving very fast cars, no you know, mo uh, bicycles or pedestrians to get in your way. Uh, and another point about Wi-Fi 6E is uh, the requirement for WPA3, and I think we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But um, yeah, that, that's mostly the, uh, the benefits there for Wi-Fi 6E. That's awesome. I I love the idea of um of a highway, of new new paved road, and you're just going with all the Ferraris. Uh, so, uh, David, one thing that I I liked uh, or I wanted to kind of follow up with, you said there's up to 1,200 megahertz in U.S., a little bit less in um, Europe and other countries. Um, are all countries going to be Wi-Fi 6E compatible? Um, soon or or is this something that's going to roll out over the next you know 12 18 months yeah so different countries are uh, adopting the six gigahertz band at different points in time right the the u.s started first with the fcc's uh report and order that came out in uh 2019 april 2019 um so that opened up the 1200 megahertz uh, Europe came along shortly thereafter, opening up the 500 megahertz, and other countries are generally aligning with one or two, one of those or the other. So Canada has aligned with the FCC. Um, you've got Australia coming on board, um, aligning with uh, Europe. Um, various countries in South Af South America are are opening it up. So. Um, yeah, it's it's um it's a journey. Uh, we expect all countries to eventually get there, but it is something to uh, check your local regulatory uh, agency for where they stand on uh, opening up that band. Perfect. That makes a, a lot of sense. Thanks. So, Nick, um, you know, one of the questions I have, you know, we already have Wi-Fi six. You know, what's the difference between between Wi-Fi six and Wi-Fi six E? Why do you call one an extension? upgrade and the other just a standard upgrade. It, it sounds to me that they're just talking about pr pretty much the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah, no, th that's a that's a great question. And, you know, in the world of Wi-Fi, there's, you know, standards bodies, there's technical committees, and, and what we know as Wi-Fi is actually kind of a compilation of multiple of these things, right? Um, taking this back, when we went from, from Wi-Fi 5 to Wi-Fi 6, we introduced a plethora of, of new technologies, and I call these technologies, right? We, we went and we introduced OFDMA, which allows all the great things that we can do in Wi-Fi 6. Now, standards are, you know, 
how we agree on taking all these technologies, adding them in, bundling them up and calling, you know, this is a Wi-Fi version. So I think, and, and David also touched upon this, right? Wi-Fi 6 is a combination of technologies and 6E is an extension of all of these technologies into a new frequency band. So, you know, some people just say, well, Wi-Fi 6E, that's Wi-Fi 6E in the six gigahertz spectrum. And I'll say for 90% of the, you know, technology that's involved, that is true. Now, for those of you that like the nitty gritty stuff that I do, we do introduce a new technology in 6E as well. Channel access is done in a slightly different way. And we're not going to go into the, the depth of that now, but we are adding some, you know, five, 10% new technology or bundling some new technologies into 6E as well that beyond just giving us you know, having these new spectrum in 6E, we're also actually making it a lot more efficient, not just because Wi-Fi 6, but channel access, et cetera, uh, we're, we're greatly improving. That sounds really cool. I, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to getting those devices out. Um, David, if it's an add-on to Wi-Fi 6, I should be good with my network as it is, right? I mean, what kind of upgrades are we talking about here? So there are differences as with um, as with any new standard or technology upgrade. Um, there's two parts to the story. There's the access points part and there's the client part, right? So it's a two way communication. You have to have support on both ends. Um, so first of all, you know, just as folks upgrade their phones um, and, and laptops and whatnot devices, they should be upgrading them to support the Wi-Fi 6E. There's a few devices out there already on the market, both uh, handheld devices and laptop devices that support the 6E uh, band already. Uh, and we'll, we'll see more in the next year or two as, as uh, the technology uh, refreshes. From the access point, point of view, there are some devices already out as well, um, but it's more than just an access point uh, upgrade to be thinking about here. Uh, you need to think about your whole access network, your switches um, and what they're capable of. As we expand into the six gigahertz spectrum, we're adding capacity, huge amount of capacity. And so those uplink ports coming out of the AP will be multi-gigabit uh, rates. So they need to connect to multi-gigabit capable switches. So you don't want to have a bottleneck right there at the AP that, that cuts down on your, your throughput. Um, Additionally, as we add more capabilities into the access point, they also now require, you know, more power. So uh, whereas before access points ran on, you know, standard PoE or PoE plus, now we're pushing into the UPoE or 802.3 BT power levels. So it's important to keep, uh, keep that in mind when you're looking to upgrade uh, both the power and the data rate. So MGIG and UPOE or 802.3BT power is something you want to make sure your, your infrastructure supports. Cool. Thank you. So uh, Nick, what about my legacy clients? Um, how does Wi-Fi 6E affect them? Gotcha. You know, another great question. And by the way, if I may add to what David just said, um, of course, for all of you IT admins out there, OS support is also a big you know, thing to consider this on the Windows side. This will be supported in Windows 11, still very TBD. If any of this will come into Windows 10, uh, the Android devices, you need your, you know, your Android 12, et cetera. So you know, as part of this plan, that's also something to definitely consider. Um, the drivers are there now, but you know, OS support is definitely something to consider as you kind of have this enterprise rollout of, of operating systems. Now, coming back to your question about you know, legacy clients, 
that's what's really beautiful um, about 6E. As we move clients from the existing 2, 4, and, and 5 band, it frees up airtime for the legacy clients. So as you move 10, 20, 30% of your enterprise's clients over to this new superhighway, <laughs> all of those old rusty cars actually get you know more space on the old roads. Um, so we actually see an efficiency or kind of a better performance even for the older devices as we decongest the existing bands. Now, as David mentioned, they won't be able to join 6E, but they actually get, well, as I mentioned, more space in the existing bands. And we know for the foreseeable future, you're going to have clients that only support those bands, even though they might be Wi-Fi 6, right? So we're going to have these two bands coexisting and, um, and, well, for a long time. So the good news is it's only going to get better as more devices adopt 6E, the same way we already saw it getting better as more devices adopted just Wi-Fi 6. Yeah, so in addition to what Nicholas was talking about, the, the OS support on clients, there will be some new improvements coming for uh, security of that link between the clients and the access points. Oh, cool. So that's awesome because that leads pretty much directly into my next question and in, in that that I hear there's going to be an extra layer of security and that WPA3 is going to be required. You know, wh what does that mean? Yeah, a few years ago, um, the WFA came out with uh, WPA3, which is the latest and greatest uh, encryption technology between the access points and the client devices. Um, it's It enhances the encryption protocols used there. It um, addresses some of the the holes that were our vulnerabilities. Uh, you might recall there was a crack attack a few years ago that got a lot of press. Uh, WPA3 would address that. Um, helps make open networks. So when you're out there uh, connecting to, you know, an unsecured or uh, unpassword protected in, uh, network, it's still encrypted, even though it is open. All this will make uh, Wi-Fi more reliable, more resistant to hacking or, uh, you know, man in the middle attacks, those type of things. Um, and so what WPA3 is mandatory now for operation in the six gigahertz band. So you could still do WPA3 in the old two, four and five bands, but it was optional, right? You, it wasn't mandated. Here in the six gigahertz band, WPA3 is required. Cool. Um, Nick, do you have anything um, to add about the security? Like what's the difference between WPA3 and WPA2? Is there any any huge difference? Absolutely. I mean, in short, it's you know how strong the encryption is or how hard it is to crack. As David mentioned, we had this crack attack um, before. But you know, also coming back to how to suspect legacy clients and all of that. Today, IT admins, even though WPA3 is out, they can't really implement it because it typically broke legacy clients. So you couldn't really say use this new smart WPA the stronger encryption for all of my new devices and let the old ones use the, the older one. That didn't really work very well. It even broke some some devices not being able to connect to your network. So what we saw is, you know, higher education, universities, all these things simply didn't enable it, even though we've had it for a few years, because it, you know, was at risk of breaking the old clients. So that's also why this is, you know, so great that it's been bundled, kind of coming back to standards and everything, bundled with this new band. If you want to play on the fast lane, you need to have the latest uh, security standard. Now, as a lot of you might know, and there, there's kind of two versions of w, WPA3, there's the 
SAE one, which is for personal, and that's replacing your WPA2 personal key, where, you know, you type a password, everybody uses the same password. Um, and that's probably where the strongest gain in encryption is. And then, of course, there's WPA3 Enterprise, which still .1x, still a lot of what you know. So I think the biggest benefit, the biggest increase in kind of security overall is for our personal networks or our IoT networks. Cool. That sounds awesome. You know, it sounds to me like with better reliability, faster speeds, and more security, you know, Wi-Fi 6E is going to be great for just about any place that, that has a wireless network. It doesn't sound like a niche um, a niche expansion to me. So do you guys have any examples of, you know, of some use cases? Nick, I'll, I'll start off with you. Absolutely. So I think, you know, there, there are two ways of, of thinking about this. There is how are we enhancing existing use cases? Because we now have this fast lane. Things you would typically say, we can't really do that on wireless reliably. Um, be that in a hospital, transferring large uh, 3D, you know, MRI, CAT scans. Typically, that would be you know, wired in for reliability. We don't maybe have the, the speed we need on wireless. Now with this new band and, you know, wider channels, higher reliability, we can actually start enabling some of those use cases that before might have been kind of in the gray where you could do it on wireless, but most people wired in. Uh, that, that's one big one, you know, how do we kind of have these use cases that can be refreshed or rethink? And, and of course, also looking into the future, there are a few, for example, um, collaborative VR or AR in, you know, education, higher ed, medical schools. Um, today, if you want to do, if you want to stream a, a VR signal, that's incredibly high bit rates, you need low latency. And if you have, you know, 20, 30 uh, headsets or um, heads up devices in that room, that's not possible today with the technology we have. And, and we've been testing this and we've seen, okay, you can do a few, you can do a handful, but as you kind of go into mass scale and you drive up the resolution of this, this image, you need uh, this newer technology. So a bunch of very interesting um, use cases around AR and VR coming up. And don't forget the old ones that we're actually kind of refreshing and just making better. Making better. Yeah, just to just to add on to what Nicholas was saying, um, you know, from an IoT perspective, obviously with this new enhanced WPA3 encryption, uh, it makes onboarding IoT devices more secure, right? That's a big concern for folks today is how do I get these devices onto my network and how do I make sure that they're uh, secure on my network and I'm not opening up my network to a bunch of uh, vulnerabilities. Um, You'll also see, as uh, Nicholas is talking about, immersive uh, education, right? Today, uh, you know, if you have more than one or two of these uh, VR devices in a classroom, the network just bogs down. It's just, it's not possible with a classroom full of 20 or 30 students. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really about uh, improving the bandwidth, improving the user experience uh, for wireless, making it you know just as good as a wire, even better in some cases than a, a wired network. Remember, every time we improve wireless, it allows our devices to you know our handheld mobile devices, iPhones, Androids, cell, you know laptops to get rid of their data faster and consume you know battery. This is one of those things we've seen consistently. Every time we we do something new in wireless allows us to get rid of the data and go back to sleep so we can kind of conserve battery time. It's just one of those small things that, um, you know, personally really looking forward to um, as we kind of get this more, uh, this bigger spectrum and we can, you know, assign airtime more efficiently. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. I mean, everyone would love to get more, uh, 
more energy, less time hanging out uh, near the, near the charging stations, right? Um, you know, I also think that in the retail environments, you know, especially at point of sale connections, you know, they, those run faster. You're going to see, you know, the checkout speeds move up, less less line waiting, and just you know, purchasers you're going to be are going to be uh, easy in, easy out, and um, you know, I think that's going to improve the uh, customer experience too. So, you know, I think there's a ton of really interesting use cases for just about um, just about any. Um, any vertical, any any area for them to to kind of go through. So that, this, I think, this is going to be pretty huge, guys. So we kind of came, you know, we're kind of running towards the end of our of our time here. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, bring up? Uh, anything else that the folks might want to know about? Um, you know, I'll give you guys the the stage. So I would say, yeah, you know, um, as you mentioned, other verticals thought came to mind is manufacturing also will be um, a benefit for this because they're all about latency, right? They want to do real time operations. Um, and so they've been concerned with, you know, congestion on the network. You know, will will somebody's, you know, browsing of the of the, you know, their latest Facebook posting interfere with the, my mission critical machine that's using wireless network? Um, this six gigahertz band gives them the opportunity to, you know, carve out that band just for their mission critical applications, right? Leave the five gigahertz band for the users to check their emails and things like that, but give the six gigahertz bands and SSIDs to the, the equipment that's, that's, you know, critical for doing their operations. So it just gives some more flexibility for how the network admin um, does that segmentation, you know, of, of the network. Anything, Nicholas, you want to add? You know, it's interesting. I was actually also thinking about like, that layering of two bands. Now we have the same amount or more in six, it's five. But also I would say to everybody listening, you know, educate yourself on some of the differences there are, you know, especially if you're a network admin or if you're um, dealing with Wi-Fi on a day-to-day -day basis. From our perspective is one thing, but as I mentioned earlier, there are a few new things. You've got to learn terms such as primary scanning channel. What does that mean? How do clients find the network? Um, a lot of it stayed the same throughout different Wi-Fi generations. There are a few changes that is definitely worth, you know, spending some time on learning what happens in six. How do clients find these six, giga, uh, six gigahertz uh, SSIDs? There's a bunch of things that are there um, that we haven't talked about today, but I'll say spend some time on, on, on learning what's new. Uh, it's not all the same as it's been in, in two, four, and five. Great. Nick, that's a great teaser. Maybe we'll do a part two someday. And um, thank you both for, um, for taking the time you know this was educational and, and an awful lot of fun and um jasmine it's back to you well thanks byron and nick and david for a lovely conversation um as i was listening i just i feel like wi-fi 6e is absolutely going to be a game changer and it's going to help many industries like we just talked about across the board and I'm really excited to see how it's going to bring us into the future, because right now the future seems really unpromised and just very vague. Um, just one note that I wanted to add as we close up, I think personally, the VR aspect of this is all really cool and can be applicable to so many industries, especially in education or healthcare. Um, for example, just one thing off the top of my head, you know, how is VR going to help a medical student learn more about medical procedures and how they're going to save lives. So Wi-Fi 6 is going to save lives. Okay, don't quote me on that, though. Um, but just something I wanted to share with the audience about what I'm thinking about. 
Anyways, um, please check out the show notes, Insiders, for more resources on Wi-Fi 6E and how you can get started. Also, be on the lookout for an upcoming webinar around this topic and some other cool things at the top of your calendar year in 2022. Um, once again, thank you to our insiders for tuning in and make sure to hit that subscribe button so you're always inside of the network. Um, stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you next time.